0: What's up fam and welcome to No Ordinary Church Girl, candid conversations on love, pain, and everything in between. I'm your host, the radical redhead Cole Phillips, trying to make your Monday far from ordinary. So let's get into it. Let's talk about last week, Monday. Started off anyway with last week. Um, I don't know about you, for the parents out there, shout out to all the parents out there who are getting your kids back in school. They should all be back in school now, I hope. Uh, but as for me in my house, now I really sound like I'm in church. As for me in my house, we shall serve, <laughs> but no real talk. So my sons, for those of you who don't know, go back to the intro episode and you know this, but again, I'll, I'll entertain you. So I have two boys, TJ and Sean love them to life. Okay. Those are my heartbeats. I say that often, but those little jokers, uh, yeah, I needed them to go back to school. Because every time I turned around, mama, can not Mama, will you? Mama, I want? No. Joker, no. Like, I-, I told them little niblets. That's what I call them. They're just nibbling at everything. And I do mean everything. The refrigerator. Again, parents, I know you feeling me. For those of you who have them still at home, like I do, in the refrigerator. Every time you go in the refrigerator, ain't nothing in the refrigerator. Because you got to go back to the store because they eating up everything. Snack, 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 snack. Like, okay, I'm going to get off that tangent, but I'm just saying I'm excited they're back in school. They needed something productive to do because they were not doing it. All they wanted to do was hang out with their friends. If they weren't hanging out with their friends, they were harassing me for some money to go spend. So yeah, not only that, um, I had some fun conversations with my boys. Um, we were talking about confidence. Yeah, like building the confidence, maintaining the confidence. And we talked about girls. Yeah, that that got a little interesting and it kind of ties into uh, today's topic, if you will. But Uh, Before we go there, (laughs) I talk to my sons often. I'm very candid, just like I'm going to have candid conversations with you. I have candid conversations with my boys and we were talking about, you know, what they like. And so my youngest son, Sean, is a very interesting character. I call him the prophetic professor. I'll tell you more about that on another episode, but, um, (laughs) <laughs> this little dude, I asked, so what do you like? Right. We're, he's, he's a 12 year old. TJ's the 14 year old. So I'm like, well, what do you like, son? I like everything. I like all girls. I like Asian girls. I like black girls, I like white girls. I'm like, okay, okay. Calm down. Slow down. You're just, just chill. <laughs> I, said, I get it. You like girls and you like all of them. I do. I'm like, okay. He said, you know, I dated this one girl. Okay. You're twelve. First of all, what are we talking about who you dated? Because you're 12. How, how do you date? So I asked the question, like, you know, what does that look like? Well, you know, recess. We sit and talk. Uh, oh, that's a date. Well, <laughs> for, for all the gentlemen out there, you, maybe you should try that. Hey, let's go to a park and talk. It might save you some money. <laughs> uh, but that was interesting. My uh, athlete, TJ, this dude, he, he, he was just like, nah, I'm not there. He literally said that. And I said, what do you mean you're not there? And then I made the deadly mistake. And I do say deadly because of the way he looked at me. Um, I just want, I'm like, well, do you like girls? And he was just like, really, really? And and literally the next thing that came, no judgment, but mom, really? Like, why are you asking me that? I'm not having this conversation with you. This is my 14 year old. I'm, I'm not having this conversation with you. And I'm like, wait a minute. I, I'm your mother. You are going to have this conversation with me. He's like, no. I'm not having this conversation with you. I'm not having this conversation with you because at the end of the day, mom, I just said, I'm not there yet. Like, so that means I'm not there yet. I don't want to talk about it. I don't care about girls right now. All I care about is a ball in my hand, be it a basketball a football or baseball. That's it. That's all. I said, oh, okay. I guess we're not there yet. And we're not having that conversation. But mind you next year, He's an eighth grader. Next year, he gonna be a freshman. And then we gonna see what that conversation gonna be like. And we gonna have it. But anyhow, enough about that. I mean, I had a wild and crazy week. And, uh, you know, even the work grind was a little cray cray, going back into the swing of things. I'm, I'm sure all of you could relate to that. But enough about that. Let's throw that out the window. Yeah, just like that. So let's talk about today's topic. Okay, so I have this thing, guys, and and uh, I'm I'm very real and radical, like I said. And so, yes, this is No Ordinary Church Girl, but that's why it's No Ordinary Church Girl, because we're getting ready to talk about being a saint that loves sex, alcohol, and having a real good time. <gasps> yeah, that's right. I said it. I know. It. I know it. you're uncomfortable. I know your booty real tight right now. I get it. It's all good. <laughs> it's Monday. I'm trying to make your Monday fun and far from ordinary. So just relax, relax your cheeks. You're going to be okay. All right. If you're, if you're on your ride, <laughs> you know, relax. Cause I don't want you wrecking. Like, what is she getting ready to say? Where is she going with this? But seriously, there's this, n- this, this word, I won't even say a name yet, but this word that was floating around in my head and it kept coming up. Savage, 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 right? today's time it's almost like being a savage is what's up being savage is what you need to be about right and I thought about it as it relates to sex alcohol and having a good time right because a lot of times this is what we associate or at least the imagery that I see when we talk about being savage I see a lot of that and so I want to talk about the pleasures of promiscuity the pressures of purity because again, when you think about savage, what I see imagery on social media, but be it on the TV, um, just everywhere you go, even in the infomercials, like there's this sexual undertone, but then savage is attached to it, and so I was like, okay, being the person that I am, I'm really big on definitions and wordplay and all of that, and so I decided to like dig a little deeper, and I got to thinking about, you know, what does savage really mean? Right. And and then what is promiscuity and what is purity and like putting those all together. And so I decided to go on Google and I researched some things, you know, we, we Google things these days. And so this is what I did. Now, I did look at the Urban Dictionary because I just wanted to play and have fun with it. So I want to give you some definitions and then I'm going to give you some of my thoughts and where I am with all of this. Savage. Let's look at that definition first. Urban Dictionary states this. One who does not care about the consequences of their actions. So I was like that, that plays with the imagery we see today i I think that's fair rap artists female and male um in the industry entertainment just you name it i kind of like that to be honest that that connected well with where i'm going today merriam webster states to attack or treat someone or something in a very cruel violent or harsh way so i was like whoop Okay, I can see that too, depending upon where you go um, and and what your purpose is and what you're doing in terms of being a savage. You see that a lot in movies, right? Where you got the gangsters or the villain, if you will, and they're just like, whatever, however, whenever. Then I looked at purity. So Google, this is actual Google saying this definition, freedom from adulteration or contamination. Merriam-Webster states the quality or state of being pure. And then the Urban Dictionary says, Purity is about being something. Abstinence is about not doing something. So I thought that was interesting. I could see how that would be like, huh? Like really, what is that? And then lastly, I looked at promiscuity. Merriam-Webster, sexual behavior. Urban Dictionary states, activity, condition of engaging in sexual acts with many partners, often during the same time period. That made me feel a little nasty, gotta admit. Google (laughs) the fact or state of being promiscuous. So I think, you know, for the sake of, definitions, right? I think they're all pretty fair. They all gave a little light in different ways. So then I got to thinking about my life and when I lived a savage life, because I did Um, pretty much coming out of at the age of 15, I started having sex. So let's just go there. 15, that's when I started having sex. Yes, I was in the church. Actually, 15 was very pivotal in my life as it relates to my spiritual life and, you know, just being out, being in the world, if you will. That's how you want to phrase it. And so 15 is when I started. And once I opened that door, let me tell you, that door got blew open. And many women out here can attest to this and men, I'm sure. But I want to talk from the standpoint of how I got from being a mixed. Look, can I say the word see that's how you know you've been delivered because you can't even say the word no more <laughs> promiscuous there it is uh, going from that to being in a pure state because uh, again I've had sex right so when we associate pure we think well you're a vir- you're a virgin well obviously I'm not that I have two boys and I just told you I started having sex when I was 15 so obviously I'm not that but there is a state of being pure and you can't get there so I'm gonna take you around, take you down a little road, if you will, of kind of how I got here, and just really encourage anyone who's struggling with, be it sex addiction, be it living what I call the savage life, the pressures of being more promiscuous versus living in a pure manner, and this is considered taboo. I'm finding more and more, especially you know those of you who've heard my intro. If you haven't, go back and listen to it. I told you I'm single, uh, ready to mate. I'm not looking to mingle. And here's why I'm very careful with that is because when you think mingle, I think because of my history, I think I've got multiple partners I'm entertaining. I'm not interested in that life. I know what that life did to me, not even trying to associate myself with that world. And so when you think about being single and dating and being out in this world today, there are pressures with not being open to, say, having sex with every person you date, right? Because you're testing to see if we we vibe or if we connect well. There are so many ways to connect and it is so far beyond sex and we're going to talk about that. But really there are pressures as it relates to stating you're living a pure life. And that's really what you're saying for someone who has had sex. You're saying, I've made a decision to not use that as the basis of my relationships anymore. And many of you out here who have a similar story as myself, who started early and entertaining sex and really entangling yourself in that world, you know, as well as I do, once you get a taste of it, you can't turn that off. And when I say you can't turn it off, I mean, it's not a quick fix, like turning a light on and turning a light off. Right. It's not like that. There's a process that you have to go through and it can be a struggle. It is a struggle, especially when you're dating and you're involved with someone that you're highly attracted to. I mean, it's just real. Right. From a from a physical perspective and a spiritual perspective. And that's why I want to talk about it. So from about 19 to 23 I'll tell you my story. 19 to 23, I was a savage. I slept with guys, had a couple boyfriends. Obviously, they didn't last. Even my marriage didn't last. Right. So um, (laughs) partied hard, drank hard. Now, one thing that I uh, like to pride myself in back then, and, and quite frankly, I'll say I do still to this day. I know how to hold my alcohol. I don't have that issue. For you ladies who don't know how to hold your alcohol, let me tell you, it is the most unattractive thing you can carry when you're out and you are actually attracted to a guy and you're interested in a guy. But if you're falling all over yourself and you can't hold your alcohol and you're slurring, trust me, baby girl. What he sees is an opportunity to have a good time. He does not see you for a lifetime. Take it for what it's worth, fellas. You can chime in, you know, DM me on the Instagram and the Facebook. If you have something different you want to say, but I'm telling you what I've lived. I'm not telling you what I think. So 19 to 23, I got married at 24. So 19 to 23, I was living the savage life. Like I said, I was in church. I told you guys that when I did my intro. I was in church. I did my thing. I was a Sunday school teacher. I was a a choir director. Look, Just because I was in the church doesn't mean that the church was in me. And many of us can say that for those who are spiritual, if you will. You you understand your faith, but that doesn't mean your faith is really in you. You don't practice it like you should. And that was me when I got married. Here's the thing. I still carried a lot of that savage life. Now I'm not saying I went out and I had multiple guys while I was still married. But what I'm saying is I brought it into my bedroom. Meaning all the experiences that I had, I expected him to fulfill all of that himself. By you know just he's supposed to see. This is why I'm telling y'all. This is why this is difficult. Because I don't live this life no more. I can't even like talk about it straight. promiscuous or promiscuity is a trouble for me it's it's attacking my spirit but we're gonna get it out I digress but I'm telling you coming into the marriage there were things that I had an expectation uh, from him because of the experiences I had and I knew what I liked and I knew what I didn't like but that doesn't mean that was his experience right um, and it created some rifts. So for those of you who are married listening to me, you got to be open, honest and transparent about what you've done and what you like, what you don't like. And, and then you have to make a decision. Is it taking away from the true connection you all have developed? Right. Uh, and so I did all that, guys. And and here's the tough side of living that life, the savage life. I got married, like I told you, lost myself because I lived for the pleasures of life and I really didn't anchor myself in the purpose of my life. So when I got married, I was finding myself. I was 24 years old. Honestly, don't feel I should have gotten married that young. I wasn't ready. I didn't know who I was. I needed to find me first before I connected to another to build a life together. That's neither here nor there. Got depressed, financial ruin, got a divorce, became a single mother, right? Me and my ex-husband, we do well co-parenting. I can't wait to talk to you all about that. We have our rifts, but overall we do what we need to do. And then once I got divorced, I went back to what I knew, the savage life. I tried anyway. So I slept with a couple of guys, not as bad as my younger years. So not, not all of what I experienced uh, previously, I, I was more careful. I got sons, you know, I wasn't allowed, you know, I didn't allow them in my house, but again, it was still a savage life. I was out there drinking and partying and still in church. Okay. But again, I was, I was in a dark place. And that's what promiscuity will do to you. You'll live in this dark place. So I slept with a couple of guys, lost myself again, got depressed again, threw some money away. How did I throw that money away? Cause I was flossing, didn't care, doing my thing. Do we say flossing anymore? I feel like I'm aging myself. I don't, okay. Anyways. So, <laughs> you know, I, I did, I threw money away, meaning I paid stuff to do things with guys. Like if I needed to get a hotel room, guess who paid for it? I did. Ladies don't do that. I did that and it didn't get me anywhere. They're not here. None of them are around. I don't even talk to any of them because they were just a good time. I drank, I partied, and I had sex. That's all that Savage Life gave me was darkness, despair, and and, and just this depressed state. Whether you want to accept that's what it is, that's what it is. That's what it brings to you. Uh. So, you know, I lived a prom- promiscuous life for a little while after my divorce, and I did. I, I felt like, the internal me was dying because I really wasn't living out my purpose. I was really living out what it is to live for other people and what their pleasures um, I could give to them, right? The pleasures I could give to them. That's what I gave. But at the end of the day, the death um, became, my soul was dying and, and that was the death part because I was abusing myself by way of my flesh darkness because everything I did led down to a dark place, which led me to be depressed, the despair, because I had a sense of truly just giving up. And I had to really take a moment and look at why are you doing this? And so for anyone who's living this savage life, I really want to impress upon you, if you will. What are you doing it for? Like, what is the reason? Because it it doesn't produce anything positive. And I dare you to challenge me on that. It doesn't produce anything positive. What it does produce is a lot of darkness, death and despair. But you have to ask yourself, why is that? Why am I doing it? And that's what I did when I was in that headspace. When I was being savage, I said to myself, why are you doing this? And quiet as kept if the lights got turned on, because let's be real, savage life is not done in the light. And then when I say in the light, I mean for everybody to see and for it to be glorified in the manner in which it's a positive thing. It's not right. And, and if the light switch was turned on, on the internal side of me to my sons, would I be proud of that? How would I explain that to them? Right. And I really started to to really dig deep within myself and identify why are you doing this? And what I came up with, guys, is that I wanted unconditional love. I was searching for someone to accept me and I felt giving this side of me and showing this side of me, someone was going to take me flaws and all foolishness and all. And the reality is that's not what they were seeing because that's not what I was projecting in a positive light. What I was projecting is, yeah, you want to have a good time? Let's do this. Don't worry about tomorrow. I ain't got to see you. You ain't got to see me. It's all good. But when we want to hook up, holler at your girl. That's that. That's death. You're slowly killing your self-esteem. You're slowly killing your character. Forget your reputation. Reputations change all the time. People are fickle with reputations, but your character, who you are inside, that sticks. Because the consistency of what you show yourself to be, and that's what I was saying about myself, is that I'm a promiscuous, pretty party girl. And that's not what I wanted to leave this earth with. If I died tomorrow, I didn't want that to be my story. So I took the time and I dug deep and found out that really what I was looking for was unconditional love, guys. That's what I was really searching for. As crazy as it sounds with the things that I was doing, you'd think, well, how are you going to find love like that? But that's what my, my spirit was starving for. And so I had to get to a place and, and being a savage, it was like, well, hey, if, if you see me as this, that or the other, um, maybe you'll accept me when I really show who I am. Uh, and so I really... I really saw that I wanted that unconditional love and I wanted someone to not have me conform to what they needed, not reject the person that I truly am and not make me feel like what I have to offer wasn't enough. By being a savage, I never had to deal with that, right? I I was in control. I was the one determining how close or how far you were. But the reality was I really wanted you to get closer, but I was too afraid to do so. And so when I think about my spirit self, I was looking for what I deem, Is God's love and unconditional love. No matter what I do, no matter what I've done, you still accept me for who I am. And that's what I uncovered when I realized that savage life that I was living. And so with that said, I had to change some things, guys. Uh, in order to break a habit, you've got to really change your environment. You've got to change the people that you're around sometimes. You've got to change a lot, and you got to do the work internally. And so I wanted to kind of share with you what I did to cross over into being what I consider uh, living a pure life over the promiscu- promiscuous life. So I have four steps, um, and I continuously walk these out to this day. This is this is what I do, especially in my dating life, because what we're talking about is relationships, right? And how we interact with someone that we're we're attracted to. And so being a single mom of two boys and, and in my 40s, for those of you who don't know, I'm in my 40s. And so the game has changed. And I got to be honest, I'm not interested in online dating. Um, I just haven't gotten the best vibe from all of that. And so I'm big on connecting in person. I'm big on seeing you and talking and and vibing in that way. And so these are the four things that I've done that has helped me from being a self-sabotager to being more of a person who can walk principled and in a pure way. So number one obviously is no more sex. <laughs> yeah, I said it. I'm abstinent. So for the gentlemen who think I'm fine and who like me, who see me on social media and think I'm so cute. Sorry. If you're in that game, don't even bother if you're not interested in trying to walk it out. And and no judgment and no shade. I'm just telling you, I just told you my story. I'm told you what I've done. That's not something I want to do. So no sex outside of marriage. I became abstinent, not celibate. Celibate means I don't have sex or interested in marriage. That's not the case, but I am abstaining from sex next being honest and upfront about what I desire and not being judgmental of those who don't desire the same thing. And, that's a big part of me. Uh, I've been through so much in my life. I've had so much exposure to different things over the course of my life that I honestly feel like I'm probably one of the most non-judgmental individuals you can come across. And because of that, um, I will tell a gentleman or I'll tell, you know, whoever I'm hanging out with that, hey, look, guys, this is this is the, the playing field I'm on. I'm not having sex and this is what I'm looking for. And I don't give all that right up front. OK, you know, there is a progression to it. But I still am very big on making sure I'm upfront and honest about what I desire and what I'm about. I think that's important. Don't waste your time. Right. I'm focused on developing healthy friendships with men. I see as lifetime partners. Those who I see who have a potential to be a lifetime partner and we're entertaining one another. I focus on the friendship because let's be real. If you're looking for a lifetime, if you're looking to be married uh, at some point, baby boy ain't going to look as fine as he did because, you know, we just start to age. Things start to fall. (laughs) I'm silly, but I'm just saying like things change and there has to be more than just, oh, you so fine or oh, you just and, and they will still be fine to you. They still will be highly attractive to you because you built the relationship on the right foundation and it wasn't just because they put it down so well. We got to get past that because that's not what lifetime relationships are built on. So I'm big on um, focusing on the healthy side of things, sharing our dreams, our goals, our purpose, um, our values, um, you know, what makes us tick and what makes us ticked. I say that a lot as well. And then no sexual type of flirting or entertaining of sexual conversations because that's tempting. Again, I lived a savage life. It's no different than someone who was an addict, uh, a drug addict, an alcoholic. You don't put them in the bar. You don't put them in front of the very thing that they struggled with. I'm not saying that I don't like sex. Obviously, I do. Okay, again, I know we're having the conversation. Loosen up your booty cheeks. You're going to be okay. I like sex. I do. And I will tell my sons this as they get older. But I also know the danger in it when you just focus on pleasing that side of yourself. And so I don't even entertain it. There's no if I like a guy and we're like vibing really well. I've learned even in the last uh, dating relationship I, I had, had been in that I can't spend the night, even though I know my strength. That doesn't mean that's his strength. And and that's a form of temptation. That means that's a form of of, you know, putting him in a position to struggle. And that, that's not something I should do, regardless of of what the conversations have been between us. So there's no like flirting about, ooh, I'm telling you, marry me, I'm a dude. Nope, I'm not gonna play with your head like that because the more we talk about it, so a man think is so ha- he, he is. So you will begin to walk those things out if you keep talking about it. So those are my like top four that I continuously do and I choose four because four biblically is the number of creation and so this is how I'm able to continue to be that new being and walking out in a pure manner so again no more sex outside of marriage being honest and upfront focused on the healthy side of the relationship building the friendships of of individuals I see as lifetime partners and then no sexual type of flirting again I'm not going to play in my mind because if I play it long enough guys guess what It's going down. It's going to happen. So, you know, as I started walking this out for real, for real, of course, there were pressures to maintain that stance of purity. And like I said, those four guidelines are how they keep me in line. So I I wouldn't be who I am if I tell tell you all the time that I am a woman who lives out the principles of God. And I don't believe I'm perfect, but I do believe I serve a perfect God. So I want to give you some scriptures that have helped me because again, transforming your mind is about what you talk to yourself, how you talk to yourself and and the things you speak out to your own atmosphere. So one of them is Proverbs 3, 3 through 4. Let love and light, excuse me, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. That's one. That's Proverbs 3, 1 through 4, 3 through 4. Y'all, I tell you, today is the day to be special, I guess. Proverbs 3, (laughs) 3 through 4, and that's the New International Version. And the other one that I like is uh, Proverbs. Again, Proverbs is all about wisdom. 21, 21, whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life prosperity and honor again it's about living a pure life righteousness is about walking in a pure principled way and that just really speaks to what I desire is honor and a prosperity in my life so these four steps along with those strict scriptures I hope will be something that would be beneficial to you and if you struggle with promiscuity I mean get to the root of the cause of why it's there what is it you're seeking what occurred in your life that you chose to live in a dark place versus a positive full of light and love place identify your pain point that pushes you to that place and pull it out Um, whether it's going to counseling guys whether it's being transparent with someone that you know is like talking to a wall they're a true confidant get it out Um, because you know at the end of the day no matter what you choose you got to decide today to not live that way anymore because again it's death despair and darkness give up the feelings of guilt that come with the savage life and go after the grand life you deserve and are due that's my time today fam So I hope um, you were able to take a nugget out of this conversation and create a new narrative in your own life. And don't forget, you can follow me on Instagram. No ordinary church girl where behind the scenes and after the show videos and pics can be found. You never know what you'll see hanging out with me. So until next time, fam, be great on purpose. Have a great Monday and a great week. Talk to you soon.